You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. So, John, you and I have been in the e-com space for a long time. <laughs> Some might even say too long. Uh I might be one of those. Yeah, but I I do still feel like it, it changes enough and quick enough that I it's always new and I don't I don't get bored I guess which I like and recently there's been quite a few conversations coming at me that's caused me to relook at my thoughts on video and my my feeling is that over the past fifteen or so years that video generally speaking has gotten off to a few false starts to actually being valuable to helping brands grow at scale. I think there's just one-offs, you know, successes. You know, I, I look back at the Old Spice videos on YouTube and that whole campaign that was video-driven across multiple channels that I think their creative team did a phenomenal job there. But I haven't seen that scale yet as a source of traffic that I would really feel comfortable advising a brand to jump in. You've got to be doing video. Right. I mean... We're still talking about the Dollar Shave Club video from a decade ago as yeah. a good example. Yeah, like how come nobody else has done that? I mean, they did it. Right. They were smart and they, they did put a lot of thought around that to make it feel like it was random. Like I've done, right. I've read the case studies and researched that quite a bit because th- that's kind of the, the goal, like go from zero mm-hmm. to a multi-billion dollar acquisition. Like, Yes, but it's, I feel like it's, it's coming. <laughs> and I've probably yeah. said that before, like years ago, I probably have, I'm recorded somewhere on some stage saying videos <laughs> coming, be ready. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about you and I, we talk about so many things that eventually we're going to be right. You know, every squirrel finds a nut, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll yeah. be wrong 99 times, but that one time okay. I'll be well, right. You're right about video. So let me ask you this then. You think video is going to just have this breakout year in 24? And I I assume you have some data to back that up. Is that what we're going to talk about today? In a short answer, yes. Like I I do think 24 is going to be a big year for video and I've got some points. And hopefully a couple places that brands can dip their toes in to prove the model Mm -hmm. like I generally advocate for. Don't jump into the deep end with your business until you know that it can work. Right, right. So... Well, I was going to say video is such a large word. It's kind of like brand, right? So it can imply so many things, especially around driving traffic. So what do you mean any kind of video anywhere or certain types of video in specific places? What what are we talking about? Set the context here. Yeah. Well, it's even funny we use the word video because it's like like video re- you record like like we're not using VCRs anymore. Yeah. What was the big one on the big disc? Oh, laser oh, discs. Oh, laser I was disc. so yeah. jealous of my friend's parents that, that had a school. laser disc player uh, with their giant TV that it was back projected. Like, oh yep. man, I was jealous that we had the little box TV, <laughs> but that's dating myself for sure. But when it comes to econ and video now, generally when I say video, I mean, where you can put advertising dollars behind it with the expect to get a return. Like it's a, something you can advertise on or with. Like mm-hmm. you don't just want to put a, I don't advocate necessarily for putting a commercial out on linear TV, you know, during the Super Bowl. I've had some clients do that and it was frustrating for them. But I want to be able to track it, make sure that there's a return. And so that's mm-hmm. that's what I think is coming. Okay. Video that can drive a return for a brand that we can that's tangible, that you will feel in the bank account. 
Okay. So did something happen recently that caused you to come to this conclusion or has this been kind of a slow build for you? What? Well, it's likely <laughs> both. Did I ever tell you about my failed video company? Did I try to partner with you on my company? No, from- <laughs> but I am, I am very interested. <laughs> so yeah, let's just add it to the list of uh, Garrow businesses that didn't quite make it. Or well, maybe they hey, were just look, before their time. If you're not trying new things, you're not you're not learning, not growing. So I'm all yeah. for the failure. No I am, issues I, there. I like the but Zuckerberg I, a, fail quick, break things, go fast, all that stuff. Well, Okay. This is a so, new one for me, though. I've not heard this before. Yeah, what, video what was pattern. this video called? Video, video pattern. pattern. Yep. <laughs> I just found out last week, actually, mm-hmm. that the website was still up and our servers at Logical Position were hosting it because I was partnered with Mike and John on this business. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, do you still need this up there? Because we're using service. And I'm like, I didn't even know that existed still. So let's oh, wow. take it down. Okay. Yeah. So we had this idea. Gosh, six. It was probably 16 or 17. So we're looking at, you know, six, seven years ago where we were going to scale video for SMB companies. And we had this video partner, a great guy in Portland, Bill Dolan, does amazing work. We were going to create these, what we call, what he called donuts, where we, we create this video that we've tested and measured across multiple avenues for a certain vertical. And we know it works. Okay. And we just change the middle of it out to be the brand that we're talking about or the business okay. we're talking about. Really liked the idea. Thought it would scale well. Like we were thinking plumbers, for example. Like, hey, if we had a video mm-hmm. that would work on uh, YouTube for plumbers in Portland, that same yeah. video would likely work in San Diego or Dallas or you know Miami. Have you heard of, there's a company that sells TV commercials for local companies. And it's usually like car, like small car dealerships mm. that buy these. And they all are the same script and they send them the props and the script and they send every it's like it's like TV commercial in a box that they can oh, then work idea. with a local person with a camera to get it filmed and right mm-hmm. and i want to say it was John Oliver noticed this trend on one of his late night shows and what he did was went out and went across the country and found all of the same exact commercials redone a 100 times you know mm-hmm. and in each locale and it, he just kept playing them. I was like, here's the exact same <laughs> video. This one, this one, same commercial. And it was entertaining for sure. But sounds similar in theory. Maybe this wasn't a failure. Maybe you were just early to market. Yeah. Well, and it, our clients weren't probably quite there because our, our avenue mm. of distribution was going to be, let's talk to logical position clients and try to serve them okay. and get them to expand yeah. into video. Because the issue historically has been the production. And YouTube mm-hmm. is, I don't know if they're famous for it, but they've had so many ways that they've tried to get people to create video from, yeah. hey, use your iPhone in this app and we will help you make a video that will help you advertise. Liked the tech, failed miserably. They had an, a deal where, hey, if you commit to spending five grand a month on YouTube, we'll send a local creator out to help you do a video. You kind of storyboard it and then we'll come shoot it. You've got like wow. two hours, three hours to shoot. For five uh, grand a month, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it was. They really tried to get this going, and it it just largely didn't work. Not because people didn't want it to, but because we we really couldn't track anything. And yeah. YouTube was so far top of funnel at the time because we didn't have any data to say like, is this the right audience? Like remarketing kind of mm-hmm. was there, but and we even had like you know, I had one of the first YouTube gurus at TQE before Logical Position, before it bought us. It just never got there despite having us invested a ton in just the information and the ways it could work. So historically, I've always believed in video. It just never got to the point where we could really make something of it at scale 
across okay. companies with smaller budgets is, is the way I look at scale. If you can do it for a few thousand dollars at a reasonable way and you can see it monetizing, anybody spending you know hundreds of millions of dollars, like AT&T can make video work and they have for decades because they have nine-figure budgets. So that's been bubbling in the background of my mind. And then recently we've had Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Ads released their connected TV product inside of ads. So you can just go into Microsoft Ads and run connected TV similarly to how you would on Google run YouTube ads. Okay. And as recently as three months ago, they've had their connected TV product, but it was basically like, yeah, we'll help you get up on connected TV and they have an agreement with Netflix mm. and you could use it. Your minimum monthly spend was like 50 grand. And then overnight, it seems it was available in the Microsoft Ads platform at no minimum. So I'm like, that is a massive shift internally at Microsoft. Yeah. And then we have everybody else seems to be, you know, talking through video and a lot of our partners are like, what are we doing video? And so it's, it's been bubbling. And then this Microsoft change really got it jump started internally. Like, okay, how are we going to help our clients? Like it's scale mm -hmm. now that we could spend $10 a month if we wanted to in Microsoft yeah. ads on connect TV. That still doesn't remove the need for the production, right? It just yep. makes it much easier to get it out there. Okay. Let's say they spend that $10, but they invest thousands to produce a good video, right? Mm -hmm. Not that that's necessary by any means, but Let's say it's just they've spent enough combined to have to worry about the return on investment here. So uh, you mentioned this a minute ago, but previously just tracking return even on YouTube spend has been super tough. Is that changing? Because it feels like without the ability to track, you're still back seven, eight years ago. Yes. And that is largely Google's fault again. I mean, they own YouTube. That's but not a good thing for them now to be well, able to track or it is? Or well, GA4 is hot garbage. <laughs> I mean... Okay. Well, I don't think anyone I, will disagree with you. I though. haven't met anybody yet that's <laughs> like, man, GA4 is awesome, and I'm so glad we got jammed into that system. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm frustrated with Google. Why do you think it Google. was delayed three times or whatever? Yeah, it was delayed, <laughs> and then we've had Google people even admit to us, that, yeah, it was just kind of this, it's like Firebase or whatever it was before for mm. mobile app downloads, that they just kind of reskinned and didn't do anything with it. I mean, it was mm. almost like them waving the white flag, like, yep, our analytics is now done. We'll move to something different internally at Google. I mean, they were the attribution and analytics platform yeah. for everybody. Right. I mean, it wasn't even an option. Like, it didn't matter what you were doing. You just had Google Analytics on your site. Now, no one likes GA4. It may still be there, but it's opened the door for a lot of really cool attribution companies and tracking companies to come to the forefront. I would say, arguably, Triple Whale is probably the biggest name out there right now because they got backed right. by Shopify and they've, they've been quickest to acquire a large volume of clients at least in my research and yeah. in who we partner with. And they're doing a fairly good job of what they're calling first party data and mm -hmm. allowing server side tracking. It you can tracking right now is complicated and I don't even want to get into that because it makes my brain hurt just thinking about it. But <laughs> Triple Whales found ways to really show what's coming to the site and what is causing conversions even over longer time frames. And so that's right and their visualization models are really good. They've done a phenomenal job on their UI and mm -hmm. being able to see how data's working. And they've even done a great job on allowing you to see if you're doing A-B tests, like how this ad is working versus this ad and this demographic versus this, this demographic. So they've, again, mm -hmm. really cool stuff. And I think there's a lot of competitors that are inching their way into that space at the same level. You know, North Beam, Rockerbox, two other competitors of theirs that I think are doing a pretty good job. Triple Whale, though, is actively building an integration into a connected TV platform called Mountain. 
And so that mm-hmm. tells me a triple whale sees a lot of data uh, and they're saying, hey, we need to be helping people get attribution for connected TV platforms like Mountain. Yep. And that mm-hmm. tells me, all right, follow the money and where the developers are being told to invest their time. And Mountain is a connected TV. Triple Whale has done a lot with TikTok. In fact, that's where we really started seeing the value of Triple Whale. Mm-hmm. And I would bucket TikTok into the video category at this point because oh, you have to have, it's not static ads, static images, it's video. And I don't know if I've talked about it on this. I've talked about it a lot externally, but we have a client in the beauty space that was influencer driven, which is, I think, the only way you start a beauty brand right now. Right. Uh, it but sounds like it. They were spending a lot on Meta and Google. Mm-hmm. And the founder that was big in the social space had a good TikTok presence. And was like, hey, we need to move some money to TikTok because it should be working. So we moved $5,000 a month over to TikTok. This was pre-GA4, mm-hmm. earlier this year, actually. And we spent five grand on TikTok, $100 in revenue. Like, Oof. oh my gosh, TikTok is terrible. Stop spending. It was like a month and a half. We're like, we got to cut this off. Not working. Enter Triple Well, and they're like, we're really seeing good data on TikTok. And we're like, really? I mean, hmm. look at this. This is ugly. They're like, trust us. Here's some data. We'll help you get set up and running. Like, just... Look at this data we've seen. And we're like, oh, your data looks pretty good. Maybe we're just really bad at TikTok. We put Triple Whale on and found out with the beauty brand that their average AOVs, I think, rate around 50 bucks. So it's it's more of an impulse buy, which is why we thought we'd see data that shows, hey, see it on TikTok, go buy on the website mm-hmm. within a, you know, a day. The reality is people don't leave TikTok. If you're scrolling TikTok, you are on that and you're there for entertainment and you are not yeah. trying to go out and buy something. So what Triple Whale showed us was the average consideration to purchase process within this $50 beauty brand, three weeks. You would see it on TikTok, and then three to four weeks later, you would go buy it. And that blew my mind. I was like, how do you remember what you saw on TikTok three weeks ago? Like, that is crazy. Now, there's probably some ads that keep it going through TikTok Mm -hmm. and your, your frequency and all that stuff. So that's part of it. But... It takes people three to four weeks to go buy something from the time they first saw it on TikTok. And yeah. we were looking at it in GA4 trying to say, you know, in this three to five days after they saw it, nothing happened. We're spending much money, nothing. So we had to start looking at video differently, which I think was a big deal, in a big shift for us internally as we're looking at ad dollars. Longer term play. Yeah. And so it's TikTok does perform very well. You just have to have the data behind it. And then mm-hmm. the ability to look at your creative and make sure that it's working and get feedback on that creative. So that loop really is there, like create, add, measure, recreate, mm-hmm. add, measure, that type of flywheel on all of your video. I think it's going to be really important to brands. Yeah. So you've mentioned TikTok a few times, Mountain, Microsoft, Connected Video, YouTube. Where else is video being used? Like what else should brands be thinking about at this point? Well, obviously all the social areas. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, Meta platforms all have video. Snap, still there, still a place you can advertise. It seems to be shrinking as far as as much I hear about it or mm-hmm. clients demanding work on there. But YouTube is kind of social, so you'll see it there still. But generally, you're going to see like connected TV become more and more buzzy. Okay. You'll see Amazon TV, the freebie and all that stuff. But following the money, I think, is key to seeing where trends are going to break out. A massive change that also brought this up in this last week was a lot of our brands and creators we're working with talking about a TikTok's move away from the creator fund. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, TikTok created this $2 billion fund 
to pay creators to create content. Mm-hmm. And when they were very public about it, and it's, hey, when you're throwing $2 billion out there, who's not going to pay attention? That fund ended, and they started a new fund called the Creativity Fund. And so this shift, I think, is much bigger than it's getting credit for because I think a lot of people just look at it as, yeah, they just kind of change the name and they're still paying creators to create content, which is true. But the video content that we've typically seen on TikTok has been kind of that, if I had to simplify, it's probably like 15 seconds-ish of people dancing or doing something that I can scroll through, view it, and be like, ah, funny, funny, okay, next. That's moving because the creativity fund says the videos have to be over a minute. Ooh. And that is, you know, as I, you know, that I don't does have require TikTok. some creativity. That's for sure. It does. It's not just a simple like, let me go dance for a minute because yeah. you know I might I might get tired. <laughs> so I'm not gonna do that. But I want to see your TikTok and you dancing. I don't have TikTok, unfortunately. So my experience <laughs> has to be on like Instagram, Metaplot. Like my Instagram is more like TikTok because I don't use Instagram really to connect with family and friends. Sorry about you, family and friends out there, but it's not Instagram. That's where I follow. You know, funny golf videos, comedians. Mm. It's kind of like a, probably how most people use TikTok. Like I'm scrolling through to laugh at something usually and yeah. get my mind off of this uh, work or, you know, frustrations elsewhere. But stopping to watch a one minute video, like there's very few videos at this exact moment that are going to capture my attention for that long and have me finish the video. Mm. So I think it's really forcing these creators that have built a living as influencers on TikTok and and meta platforms into a new area or a new business model where you probably have to storyboard some of these videos. You can't just start recording and get a minute of content and expect it to be good generally. There's probably got, I mean, commercials get storyboarded for 30 seconds on TV. So the fact that you're trying to capture attention and really be intentional about what you're doing, it's going to be a big shift. Do you think they're expecting the quality to go up with that? Because you do have to put so much more thought into a minute versus 15 seconds. I assume so. And and I'm, there's got to be data behind it, right? I don't assume mm. a company as large as TikTok is now is going to make some very public declaration that they're moving here without any data backing up the value mm-hmm. of that longer video to TikTok. You know, it's yeah. all about TikTok, not the influencers. They don't care who's making the videos. It's time on the platform, which is important. Mm-hmm. So they're seeing if people watch longer videos, they spend more time on our platform, which means they're probably spending less time on other platforms, competition there. Okay. And then over a minute, I'm envisioning something kind of like YouTube where you've got that break in the middle of your mm-hmm. video, like if you're like I used YouTube to, to fix things because I live on a farm, things break, and I have to kind of figure it mm-hmm. out. So it might be a two minute video of how to fix a garage door in my shop that broke. Okay, halfway through I've got to watch an ad. Maybe I can skip it. Maybe I can't. But it's breaking up my three minute video. So TikTok is, is probably going to start doing things like that. Right. And kind of like I, you know, the reason TikTok works well is because their algorithm is keeps finding things that interest you based on what you've watched in the past, who else looks like you and what are they watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm like seeing it almost as like the Netflix suggestions, but in a scrolling feed where I'm flipping through and it's like, it's, I don't have to think about it. It's just automatically plays that one minute video. You're listening to drive and convert a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of the good conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, the digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. 
If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. Connected TV, we've got video on social. How are people monetizing this for e-com though, right? Like historically, it's just been top of funeral awareness, low consideration, you know, getting people to click through to that landing page or product page. What are you seeing lately? I think the biggest change has been the data that you have around the videos and how people mm. can interact with it. And so Apple iOS 14 update changed a lot of things in tracking, probably for the better. But it, what it did is it forced a lot of people to start rethinking how can I track and hey, if I move all the tracking away from this mm -hmm. onto this, we can track a lot more. So the innovation just in the last couple of years has been crazy, not we, but smarter people mm -hmm. than me have been coming up with to track and, and figure things out. I mean, that's interesting you say that. Like, I just had a conversation the other day with somebody about Apple making these declarations and huge changes. The, I think the beauty of Apple and why they've been so successful is it's always worked out in mm -hmm. a positive way for the consumer, right? And brands have moved and made it work. And that makes them innovate, right? I mean, removing Flash, like just saying we're killing flash basically we're not gonna put it on your phone it's not gonna be in our browser like you know we're just gonna kill it and that was for the best in the end like because mm -hmm. anything flash could do you can now do in a web browser and that was not the case then it needed no, some innovation that was a painful switch for a lot of companies yeah. on their websites yeah and same thing with video right and data tracking especially you know the, this privacy angle that they're on right now at apple it's actually for the better for consumers because mm -hmm. they a lot of them did not realize that they were the product and then brands continue to shift i mean we were now we've got things like triple whale etc that really would not have existed i mean if if this is the case everybody would still be using google analytics mm -hmm. and we wouldn't have ga4 in the same iteration because we wouldn't google wouldn't have had to change it right? yeah we wouldn't have needed all this chaos of the last couple of years of we've got to yeah. solve this and so again it's it's kind of like the money there's you know mm -hmm. so many billions of dollars going into advertising that you can't assume that brands just gonna be like all right fine we can't track anything so just keep throwing the money at it like yep no <laughs> i need to be able to say i'm spending this money and i need to see a return that i can measure because we've been doing that for 15 years almost yeah. so like mountain i think is doing some pretty cool things in the in the connected tv video space where it's based on thousands of audiences you can choose mm -hmm. you can do locales to test and measure lift on websites as well but it's ip based so if i see an ad like for example i don't pay for hulu and but i watch mm -hmm. only murders in the building because i just can't get myself to pay another five bucks a month or whatever it is and so i watch like three ads <laughs> okay Mountain would know, hey, you saw this ad. I know it's on your IP address. I know this cell phone is on that IP address. Therefore, I can show an ad that relates to what you saw on the TV. And okay. then the, you can quickly take action on your phone. Before, if I saw an ad on TV, like the Super Bowl commercials a few years ago, where you had to like scan a QR code to figure out how yeah. to take action. You had to get people to move to a device they could interact with because I can't mm -hmm. touch my TV up on the mantle or whatever. So... That's been the biggest challenge, and now that's been solved with Apple's change in tracking, forcing, mm -hmm. hey, we can do different things. Whoa, what if we just pay attention to IP addresses and say, hey, you probably saw this. If not, it was my, your wife that saw it. You can see it. So I think cool stuff there. And the algorithm on Mountain focuses on return on ad spend. And mm -hmm. so you tell it, hey, I'm an e-com brand. They're built for e-com, by the way. E-com first saying, hey, I need a 3X 
And they're like, okay, we know what kind of ad sets work. Here's your price point. Let's do some testing really quick. And this algorithm learns pretty quickly and allows you to monetize video in a way that previously it wouldn't have been easy to do, especially a smaller budget. Clients mm -hmm. with logical position, we, we're starting as low as $1,000 a month in spend on there. That's crazy low for video spend yeah. across connected TV. Like you're advertising to people on a television for 1000 a month where, you know, five years ago on linear TV, you were not going to be able to do that. Right. And you can use simpler creative. You can do 15-second ads, 30-second ads. So I like what's happening in the connected TV space. And we have Amazon jumping into the connected TV space pretty aggressively. Mm -hmm. And Amazon's got a lot of dollars behind things to force things to work. It's almost like they're buy with Prime. Like they are forcing that yeah. to happen somehow, some way. Like they just got to deal with Meta to allow people to check out on Meta. It's just crazy what they're doing. Anyway, they're doing that as well with Connected TV. So they're coming out with a second version of Connected TV. They have two layers early next year because of the Amazon Prime video with ads. So okay. as an Amazon Prime member, we now have to pay something like $3 a month to not have ads on our Prime video. And if you don't pay the $3, you're going to get videos in there. And it's going to be more expensive than the tier down, which is free V or their Connected TV stuff. So they have exclusive mm -hmm. ads available there. But they have 80,000 audiences the amount yeah. of data Amazon sits on from my purchase history on my phone device with my Amazon app, my wife buying on the same thing. Like mm -hmm. they knew how old my kids were before I had to tell them for their fire devices. Like, oh, you've got a yep. five-year-old. Like, what? I didn't tell you that yet. <laughs> like, well, you started buying diapers at this time. So you, we know you, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. touche, Amazon. So 80,000 audiences, Amazon's backing. Like there's going to be more and more people leaning into connected TV as, as brands mm -hmm. find more and more ways to interact, remarketing. Like if you have an Amazon store and a website thinking about how, all right, they looked at my product on Amazon. Amazon knows if they bought in that category or not. They're going to be able to create an audience of, hey, they've been researching baby clothes but haven't made a purchase yet. Let's get an ad for baby clothes on connected TV and then run an ad on a connected device on that IP address. Like just creepy slash awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, I think that it's a great shift for marketers. And I don't know that it's that creepy because it's not individually identifiable. It's IP address, which can be if you're the only person on it, but that's unlikely. And quite honestly, most internet service providers change your IP address on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, every time you reboot your router or the power goes out, you're probably going to get a new IP address. It's just kind of the way it works. So mm -hmm. I'm not as creeped out by that as I am a lot of other methods. But okay, so we've covered a lot today. Thank you uh, for educating me. I, I'm wondering now, uh, where do I tell brands to start? What, you know, what would, if somebody's listening to this, what would they think? the first step or next step should be for them. The problem with video as a marketing channel comes down to creative. Like that's always been the barrier to entry and that's always what brands have been trying to overcome or smaller companies have been trying to overcome within these platforms. Like mm. from the early days of YouTube knowing, hey, if you're on YouTube, we see success, top of funnel, can't track as well, but you need a video. All right, a lot of people created a lot of crappy videos trying to market and it just didn't work. Yeah. And so smaller brands you're not going to jump into commercial creation immediately. So you need to start simple and test your creative, get a TikTok channel for your brand set up, mm -hmm. get somebody on your social team creating some video. Like 
I don't know what that's gonna look like for your brand, but you need to have a, a brand identity on social and test entertainment, right? It, people are on TikTok to be entertained. And so if you wanna talk, if you're a B2B company and you wanna talk about screws and nuts, okay, awesome. You've gotta be able to do it with some entertainment value when you're gonna go on TikTok. I don't think you're gonna be able to make it tremendously entertaining all the time, but you're gonna start seeing data points that tell you this resonated better than this. Mm-hmm. Your buyers, even if you are B2B, are probably on TikTok, unless they're me. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not your target market. <laughs> I'm not either. I don't have TikTok. <laughs> but Call me old, but I just, I don't have enough time in my day as is to spend time on TikTok, get sucked into the algorithm. And I know that's what's yeah. gonna happen to me, so I avoid it, but. Me too. Like I'm, um, I'm fine getting sucked into Instagram, that's all I've got. <laughs> so well, other than that. I was already bad. sucked into Instagram before I realized what was happening to me, and now I'm not gonna repeat that mistake, let's put it that way. Yes, I think that's <laughs> a, a safe way to assume. Like I'm not crossing over because it's it would be terrible for my productivity. But I'm hearing from you, start simple, do videos on TikTok, invest in, something a little larger, a little longer than that. Yep. And get a good camera probably. Like you can do iPhone yeah. things, but you probably need to spend a few hundred bucks on a camera and take some tutorials. Like mm-hmm. YouTube is probably really good for learning how to do TikTok. Oddly enough, there's probably a lot of tutorials there that I would be looking at, like what's worked. Yeah. I would find some brands that I compete with that are on TikTok and see how they've been doing it. Not that they're always mm-hmm. right, but it's very transparent on TikTok what they're doing mm-hmm. and how many views they have. You can boost posts there, spark ads and stuff to get more views. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just a brainstorming session in my world. If I was looking at competitors on TikTok, what are they doing? Right or wrong? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like what they did there. I know what they're selling because I sell something competing. Yep. So that would be step one is to try to get the social places going, even enlisting maybe a creator on TikTok to do ads with you and you can boost posts there. Mm. So if I found an influencer that was related to my industry, reach out and be like, hey, I'd love to do a collaboration video with you. What does that look like from a cost perspective? It can be really low cost a way to borrow from their trust they've already built with their followers. Mm-hmm. They've got experience doing the content already because they're trying to make money on it. Leverage that, you know, it's, it's not gonna be free. So if you expect to go into video and have it be free, I think that's going to be a problem, you know, especially mm-hmm. as you now have to hit one minute on TikTok to start hitting their algorithm. Again, that causes you to have to think through what you're going to put mm-hmm. out there. So be comfortable investing in, in a commercial. And I'll use air quotes on that because it's going to be different than what you would have put on a television years ago where you're talking to the entire audience watching Dancing with the Stars, for example. Like, no, you're going to talk to a very specific audience because you can get super targeted two people that should be willing to buy from you based on the information all of these platforms have. But once you have a 15 or a 30 second commercial, you can start dabbling in other connected TV platforms at very low cost of advertising. So just be willing to test and measure a lot of those things. So 2024 is the year of video for you. And I think you've convinced me, that's for sure. I mean, there's so much going on. I mean, we've, we've talked about video for 35 minutes today. I am shocked to, that we were able to do that because I would have never <laughs> thought that there was this much stuff going on in video right now, quite honestly. And that's fun to hear. So your video coming up, there's a lot of easy ways to get started, but you do need to take it seriously is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And, and you got to make sure you're sending them to the site that converts right. You know, you can't just yeah. send them to the crap. Expect a return. You can't invest all your time and energy on the video and nothing on the actual site. So you get better talk to John too. <laughs> well, appreciate that. And advertise in the right place, right? Make sure yep. those videos are getting eyeballs. 
All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, John. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com. Thank you.